Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by our favorite sustainable period care company, Hello Period. You can use our code SHITYEAR for 15% off any Hello Undies or the Hello Disc. Just type in SHITYEAR, that is S-H-I-T-Y-E-A-H, at HelloPeriod.com. Oh, and before we get into it, Liv might sound a little bit janky because someone by the name of Lucy may have sent her on her way to Blenheim with a podcast mic in a box that didn't actually have a cable. So she's recording on her phone. Kia ora, everybody, and welcome to... Not just your bona fide favourite pop culture podcast, but also your bona fide favourite Battle of the Agency Band winners. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> god. Life has changed dramatically Boy, since the win. record deal has really just made my head just explode. Honestly, like Siska, we're shutting yeah, it. We're, we're, we're becoming now. pop stars. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, live- I'm assuming that this is going to come into both of our what describes our weeks, so we won't dive into that too much. But we'll just give you a bit of a rundown of the episode today because we often forget to do that. Today we're talking about what we were meant to talk about last week, but the universe told us that bigger news was going to happen this week, so we must wait. Um, Essentially it is, why do all the wife guys cheat? Or why... Do all these celebrities, I'm saying all very loosely, why do a lot of these celebrities, and it is men and women, but particularly men, seem to have it all and then cheat, like, on main, like, in public? Like, they seem to just self-sabotage and just blow up their own lives. Like, I know. with kind of no thought about the repercussions. And it, it happens all seems, the fucking time. It seems like something we need to unpack. So yeah. I'm going to give a little rundown of... The latest in this wife guys cheating, I don't know. Scandal. what Scandal or like theme, thread phenomenon, um, which is obviously Ned from the Try Guys. But before we do that, Liv, what describes your week? Lucy, I think you know what describes my week. It was very much the battle of the bands, but also I'm in Blenheim at the moment. I've gone home to see my parents. The fallout from the ban- battle of the bands, not the fallout, but like, the the after chat of the battle the, of the bands almost like post battle of the bands depression but almost like everyone's just not willing to let it go no it's like been the event of the century apparently and all the advertising companies writing about it yes like, i did not realize that would happen in these fucking awful photos of me oh my god <laughs> Same. And they're just like running rampant on campaign brief or whatever. Like, all the yeah, people Jesus read. Christ. And it's not just one. It's like six. If you scroll down from all different angles of the lower half of my face, which is fantastic. <laughs> no, it's actually hilarious. <laughs> Me and I were actually talking. Oh, first of all, someone responded um, to one of the news that is today being like, and who's the drummer? It's I here. And who's that? T.I. Hip Butler, like, because they oh. only know him with the, his full name because oh, of his podcast. And now my like, gosh. sleuthing through the photos, putting two together. That is <laughs> so funny. And, like, the amount of people that would have been at Battle of the Bands being like, oh, my God, that is Lucy from the newsletter. Like, I know. I got emails being like, you guys fucking smash at the Battle of the Bands. And I was thinking, thank God I didn't actually get, like, too drunk or, Oh, I don't know, my God, imagine, because- like. If you like face planted off stage or like tried to crowd surf and like no one caught you. Todd did fall over. He um was singing Sabotage by the Beastie Boys and he like I don't know, he did a big jump, like a rock star jump, and then he slipped over on his back and then he yeah. sort of started contorting his body into like what could be seen as break dancing, but could also just be seen as like slippery ground trying to get back up. But like his legs were in the air, like to the height of my head. Still singing, like 
the Beastie Boys like watering. Like, so, 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 so <laughs> honestly, oh. no, I just remember like watching it all happen. Because were you watching yep. him when it happened? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, and then so just being like, Olivia, keep calm. Keep calm. Keep, keep calm dancing. Carry <laughs> carry on. Keep calm and keep harmonizing. Like, honestly. <laughs> Oh, it was so, so funny. So for everyone that um, maybe hasn't heard, I I doubt there's anyone in the world that hasn't heard because it's like basically all we've been talking about. We The set list was come together but like make it rock and that was actually so dope. We had like some three-part mm. harmonies going. Then it was Heart of Glass, the Miley Cyrus edition which was so fun, went off without a hitch. We have, oh, we just had, we had fucking conga drums, like, in there. Like, Honestly. An eight-piece so eight band. Like, eight piece how band. good I can think it that's get? What, that's what, like, made it. Eight-piece yeah. band and every single person loved their position. Their role in it, yeah. Yeah, and then oh. we finished with Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. And if you haven't heard that song, like I hadn't before hearing Todd absolutely kill it, um, you should go and listen to it because it's actually... Oh, you definitely should. So, Lucy, this, like, after band fallout has been so, so funny. I've been home for only, like, two or three days. And everyone I have seen, like, I went and visited Lucy's um, dad and brother. And then I went and saw Ruby's parents. And, like, I bumped into an old friend that, like, I hadn't seen in ages. And they were like, congrats on the Battle of the Bands. (laughs) Everyone is talking about the Battle of the Bands. It's really funny. It's all Blenheim's talking about. Like, I love it. And because, and this is also my fault, like, slightly deceiving, but I have been leaving the agency part out of Battle of the Agency Bands because I want people to just think we were, like, in this huge nationwide contest. Proper sort of music sphere of New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) But do you know what? On the night, it felt like we were in some sort of, well, some sort of sphere agency oh, music sphere. i haven't people had good honestly i haven't had that feeling since high school like you know you walk out on stage or like not even stage like i used to play volleyball and once we were in the finals and there was like this big crowd coming to watch and like that feeling of <laughs> like your ego <laughs> loves it moment. yeah like walking out in front of the people to do something that you know like you're gonna succeed at like i know it was honestly <laughs> I would love to have – I had – you'll hear it soon. I had like a – probably every year I have this one really fucked up hard week and mm. that was the week of the Battle of the Bands. And I'm wondering if I wasn't also dealing with some sad shit, like I probably would have been off my fucking rocker. Yeah, But like no. that night I remember just being like, this is really cool and they just can't quite, like, get on the level of everyone else, even though we've just won, and it was the coolest thing ever. Oh, totally. But, but like, when you've got bigger fish to fry in your brain, like, obviously, yeah. I remember that just being is like, always going to change. I know you thought I was a good singer, but, like, look, I just want to know if we win so I can go home. Yeah, I just want to go home. I'm, like, trying to find Lucy, and I'm yeah, like, oh, fuck, maybe she's gone home, and then I find you, and she's, you're like, yeah. Like, yeah, let's go. I was out the back eating a hot dog, like, just on my own because it got very overstimulating in there. And Todd, mm. our lead singer, comes down. He's like, bro, are you all right? Don't worry. You killed it. And I was like, no, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm not so, worried about So down. you've gone backstage and you're like, my performance was <laughs> like <laughs> having to eat a hot dog to calm yourself yeah. down. I was like, no, I just need some time. But it was the best thing ever. And honestly, the, the band Slack channel is still talking oh, about it. Oh, it's popping off. It's popping off. So, love my thing, exact mm. same as you, Battle mm. of Bands, but mine was, I named it Come Together, the um, oh, title lovely. of what describes yeah. my week. Because Wonderful. it's been a real shit week for me for reasons you all probably know by now, but I just feel like it was such a roller coaster of the week. But the one mm-hmm. thing that made it good was like, you know, on James's birthday, the band all coming together and having some Canadian clubs for him. Yeah. And then, like, on the anniversary of his death, all the hometown girls, except for Liv, like, come together. And there's just – it made such shit times so fun. Like, it's crazy positive. how that can happen. Like, your yeah. community – is can, like your backbone in in circumstances like that, and even like for good things like the Battle of the Band, yes. and your friends come and watch, or like even if they yeah. don't watch, they watch on social media, and then they're like, "Oh my god!" And like it just like the hype is yeah. so cute. It yeah. makes everything so much better. So honestly, also on the day that you're all listening to this, it's my birthday. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> no, I was suddenly like, oh, my God, it's your birthday. And then I was like, no, it's not your birthday. <laughs> no, it's not. I've been messaging her all morning about oh, the like, band. Jesus fucking Christ. How embarrassing. No, but if you want to give me a birthday present, come and become a Cisco supporter or come and see us on our um, Cisco road trip. Liv, I've just realized we're so bad at housekeeping. Once again, oh. we should have mentioned at the top of this episode, we're going on a road trip and we're we going keep talking about it. But. We do, we do, but it's getting closer and closer. We yeah. are, it officially starts on Thursday. It officially starts on Thursday. So tomorrow, for all of you listening to this, we're going to Auckland Unis on Thursday, Hamilton Unis on Friday, and then we are next week heading down the rest of the country, spending some days in Wellington, going to Blenheim, Christchurch, Needed honestly and, and everywhere oh, along the way, so gonna be so good. I talked to Ben, Lucy's little brother. For those of you who don't know, he is also coming on the road trip <laughs> with us. We're just talking like he's gonna be our bodyguard, yes. he's gonna be our driver, he's gonna be our living chef. Um, yeah, he will be, he'll be making <laughs> all the gonna coffee. be like doing everything, yeah, so that we can give you guys really cool content. Now, I will just let you know that. The place that we're putting all the information and the dates and the timetable and shit is in the newsletter, just, you know, keeping it with our really gorgeous New Zealand community in there who are, you know, not the three million people that don't give a fuck that we're going on a road trip. So if you do want more info, um, head to the newsletter. It's all going to be there and come see us. We're doing coffee catch-ups where you literally don't have to do anything except for sit and drink coffee and chat to us. It's like not profesh, not scary you can bring your friends or you can come alone and make new friends like just come oh yeah come hang out we're doing one in every major city it'll so. be super super chill just chill. So chill we just wanted to like put some faces to some names anyway Liv, we have a period drama segment oh my week, god please inform me because i always love these so much same i love these segments so as you all know we work with Hello Period, the wonderful period care company who make sure that we're not putting shit into the universe if we don't have to. Um, so instead of using tampons and things like that, they have Hello Undies, Hello Discs, Hello Cups, Hello Lube, Hello fucking Hello, everything that you want. <laughs> hello, <laughs> it's all there. If you want to get any of these products, you can use our discount code SHITYEAR to get 15% off the Hello Undies or the Hello Disc. You just have to go to their website and type it in. It's amazing. You should all do it. Anyway, let me get into the actual stories. So we've got two today. The first one kind of makes me mad. So it's called The Period Blocker Teacher. It was my third year of high school and I was one of the people who got their period early on in life. What a nightmare for a 10-year-old who can barely get dressed in the morning to then have to deal with pads, etc. Which meant I was now a pro at getting the job done quickly. I'm assuming they mean like dealing with their period. But imagine being 10 years old. Oh my God, I feel really, really bad for people that got it that young. I know. Well, I mean, we shouldn't feel bad because it should be something that everyone knows that women get. But when you're that young. But especially when we were that young and like people wouldn't really talk about them. And then suddenly oh. like a whole lot of people were not told about their period. They got their period maybe younger than their parents expected and they were just not yeah. prepared. That would have been fucking terrifying. I know. So anyway, this person, it seems they were prepared, but they said, I was on my period and during a religious education class, I realized I needed to change my tampon urgently. So I raised my hand and asked to go to the toilet. My teacher, a male, go figure, would not let me go after I'd asked several times. So I just got up because I didn't want to bleed everywhere because that's embarrassing. And he tried to block me from leaving. He wanted a good enough reason for me needing to go to the toilet. And I got so enraged, I threw my tampon at him and said, does that qualify as an explanation? <gasps> oh my God. Goodness. I know. She said then she just stared at him. He quickly turned red and moved out of the way of the door so she could do what she needed to do. He earned the nickname of period blocker and left shortly after that to pursue a career in politics. There's so uh, much. You, there's so much this, to unpack in, in that story. story. First of all, do you remember being at school and having to give like reasons to go to the toilet or do you remember teachers getting on power trips and being you'd be yeah. like can I please go to the toilet and they'll be like I don't know can you and then you'd be like like well I need to go to the bar I had a teacher that would be like I don't know can you oh. it's may I go to the toilet and I'm like get off your 
fucking high horse. Like it is, it's a, a total power trip. I had teachers that wouldn't let people go to the toilet. Same. That same. would be like, no, you have to wait till the end of the lesson. Like, no, you can hold it in. No, and sorry. And it's like, that's so fucked up. That's so, what if you had the shit? Honestly, like, yeah, what if you had a bad case of diarrhea? Like, I know. So I don't know. And then and then the fact that he left teaching because obviously you can't be around children. So why not go into politics? Where none of your decisions matter. Yeah. Not at all. There's no way you'll get on a power trip. Honestly. The audacity. The audacity. And I feel like maybe maybe we're extra sensitive to this teacher today because we're about to go ahead and talk about a lot of cheating men. And so it's just not a good day to be a man on Culture Vulture, the podcast. That is true. What I will say is this um, scenario not that it even should have been something that this young girl had to deal with, but if she had period undies, no stress. You can sit through, like, if you're worried about your tampon, no stress. No stress. It carries, like, five times the amount of tampons. For sure. And, like, women teachers would do this too, which is wild to me because it's, like, surely, like, you have that woman code where it's, like, oh, you could think about what they might be going through. Needing to go and do. I actually think that's a really, really fucked up and bizarre thing that Mm -hmm. teachers used to do Mm -hmm. to, like, just to have power trips. You shouldn't go into teaching if you want to. I had one teacher. Okay, this isn't even that relevant, but I had one teacher that hated when, like, kids would fart in class because she couldn't handle the smell. So she was like... (laughs) You feel popcorn? No, yeah. So she she was... This is, like, when I was, I think, seven... (laughs) She's, she told the class, if you want to fart, you have to go outside on the veranda. Oh I would be out there like, like all the time. Lucy, before she stopped eating gluten and dairy, just farping. Honestly, I had such <laughs> issues as a kid. No, I actually yelled at Rupert and yelled at her. I yelled over Slack yeah. for keeping the um, I smell popcorn. No, nah, I tickle, love that. Tickle packed story. And because it makes us sound like. Oh, us. Me, like, <laughs> such a weirdo. And then someone emailed us today saying, or yesterday, saying, I'm now going to ask everyone around me if they smell popcorn every yeah, time I I saw that, like, you're, you're starting a thing. Where did no, you get that from? I Like, it's giving family Family guy vibes, yeah, but for sure. I don't know. It was definitely from my brothers. Yeah. I don't know where. Yeah. But also... I was the one that would fart the most because I, like, was eating shit that just I could not digest. So I would have had to go out to the veranda. All the time. You would have been having to do your workout on the veranda. (laughs) I would have. (laughs) You'd have had your desk set on the veranda. (laughs) Why is Lucy out there? She farts too much. I can't deal with it. I'm, like, salivating. I can't take my... Salivating about... Smell-evading. <laughs> it makes it sound no, like... like... I'm just laughing too much that I don't have time to keep this spit in my mouth. I'm not salivating because they sound delicious. Oh, my, my God. God. I'm oh like, all of this talk of farts, I'm just salivating. Oh my gosh. Anyway, hello, period. I'm sorry that you had to endure that in the midst of your beautiful segment, but the second period story is just called Wisdom Teeth. Six or so years ago, I was eating baked sweet potato and I managed to crack a wisdom tooth. They did not bake it long enough. Yeah. Like, I was going to say, any food in the world, it would not be a baked sweet potato. Like, they're even softer than normal potatoes. Anyway, carry on. Cue loads of pain and anxiety because dentist phobia, fair enough. Managed mm. to get an appointment the next day to have it removed in the chair. I was on my period and had a tampon in, but the, the extraction ended up taking a lot longer than expected. And I was just sat in the chair sobbing and bleeding while they yanked a broken tooth from my jaw. When it was finally o- oh over, all I could do was pretend it hadn't happened, tie a jumper around my waist, pay, and walk home sobbing, dribbling because I was numb as fuck and bleeding all over myself. Truly horrific and just yuck. I could never go back to that dentist. Oh, that sounds traumatizing. Like, poor girl, yeah. that fucking sucks. Like having to get off the chair and just, and you're so out of it, right? And 
Also, like, uh, why'd she have to walk home? Someone should have come got her. I know. <laughs> and, like, oh, man, I just hope that that dentist was, like, yeah. super kind yeah. about it because, like, that shit must happen relatively often, people <laughs> bleeding yeah. on the chairs. Well, I mean, and this was probably before the days of period undies, so it would have been mm, Absolutely. So, honestly, that's actually a really good point. Um, like, if you have to go into a surgery or if you know you've got something that lasts the whole day, and you want mm-hmm. that protection and that peace of mind. That's actually with period undies. That's like, so true. Yeah. Like you just don't yeah. have to stress. Because honestly, I know if you haven't tried them, it's hard to imagine that they can hold so much and they don't smell and like you don't feel it either. They, But they're really yeah. like they're sealed in like around your legs so nothing leaks out. They're really fucking good. Well, it's like even if you're going to like a concert yes. or something like that where you know that you're sitting down for a long yes. time and you're probably not going to have a chance to go to the bathroom. Because exactly. those situations used to stress me out so much when I was a teenager. Assembly. Like school school yes. assemblies. Oh, my God. Like the whole time because like we all had uniforms and there'd always be, well, not always, but very occasionally there'd be someone who like yes. had blood on their skirt which it just happens, but, like, everyone's fear yes. was that that was going to happen to them. And it's like, that's only an hour, but I remember not being able to yeah. th- to focus for that hour because I was thinking, well, what if I've bled through, like, my skirt or whatever? Yeah, and then you start sweating, so you start thinking that, like, it's wet down there. Anyway, anyway so period undies. <laughs> And I know I've said it a bunch of times, but you can go to HelloPeria.com and use our discount code SHITYEAR for 15% off any pair of Hello Undies or the Hello Disc. And now, Liv, for the main event, do you smell popcorn? No. <laughs> um, the main event is actually, why do wife guys cheat? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. The, the topic you've all been waiting for, I the, know. The pop culture podcast, no, nothing, nothing, brain empty, brain empty, brain empty. Um, brain empty. So you guys will know if you listened last week that Liv and I were meant to do this last week, but then, we, honestly, we just needed to have a catch-up and we couldn't yeah. really be bothered. But this week, something bigger happened, which – Sort of, it's confirmation bias that we left it last week for a reason because Ned from the Try Guys tried cheating this week. <laughs> tried to cheat. He tried cheating. Tried and failed. No, he actually tried he to succeed. He succeeded and then he fucking shot himself in the foot. Okay, so I'm going to give a really brief run through of like Wife Guys and the recent drama. So I think we had. A year or two ago, we had John Mulaney, who was like the OG, one of the OG wife guys who, you know, made his wife and his relationship a big part of his brand. And that's what Ned particularly has done as well. And Liv, that's something we'll get into as Mm -hmm. to why do you feel the need to make your relationship your brand and Mm -hmm. why do you feel the need to sort of cheat your way out of it? Anyway, so we had the OG wife guy. John Mulaney, who allegedly cheated on his wife. I think it's basically the timeline's really fuzzy for everyone, but I think it's like consensus-wide he did, but we say allegedly because legal things. And then we had Adam Levine, um, who we know last week, cheated on his wife and then wanted to name his next unborn child after the woman he was DMing on Instagram. We've all seen the DMs. Our iconic um Adam Levine, oh, sorry. What the fuck? I like no. naming his unborn kid after his mistress. I know, I know. And then, oh, anyway, and Shameless, we told you last week to go and listen to the Shameless episode on that because they do a good deep dive if you want to know more about that, but I'm sure most people have heard about it by now. Also, Adam Levine, Loki, getting off scot-free now that this Ned from the Try Guys drama has popped up and basically... Yes, squashed. because... He's even more of a wife guy than Adam Levine because he's literally been branded the wife guy throughout his entire career. And he's like, even though Adam Levine is unarguably a bigger celebrity, Ned from the Try Guys is a bigger online persona, which is where this really blew up. And also the whole like the higher we put them up in terms of like wife guy status, the further they fall. Ask any coconut. The higher you are, the harder you fall. It's one of my favourite quotes. It's from the Lego movie. (laughs) (laughs) The 
this has um, come up before, hasn't it? Yes. I think yeah. I said it like a mere two weeks ago or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're just going to do a brief Ned, a brief Ned chat because um, he's who we're going to base this shit really around, this chat. So Ned was one of the four Try Guys, which was a YouTube channel that started at BuzzFeed and then grew into its own media company. Liv, the Try Guys are super fucking popular, not to you or I, but Ruby, she watched some of their videos. My little brother loves them. They were huge, like maybe slightly after our – well, me and you were never big on no, YouTube. No, really. I mean I thought I didn't know who they were, but then when I started researching it, I'd realised I had watched a few YouTube videos. Maybe through yeah. Ruby I'd watched a few of like their cooking ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So – and essentially what they did is – First of all, their whole sort of shtick at the start was like the try guys try women's mm-hmm. things, like women's underwear and getting manicures and stuff like that. And then they moved into trying everything on the menu or trying stand-up comedy or just the yeah. try guys. They're trying multiple different things. And that was like the format that really flew in that like 2014 to Like the start of YouTube era, era where people didn't really know yeah. what the fuck to make and yeah. Or, yeah, just like the start of maybe more the BuzzFeed yes. era, which was kind of tacky but kind of gimmicky, and it really worked for BuzzFeed. Because they were part of BuzzFeed, right? They were, and then they yeah. – Yeah. So BuzzFeed used to do this thing, and it was a smart business model until it really wasn't, where they would basically get creators in before they were creators or when they'd started getting a bit of a following and, like, really build them up, platform them, basically have a whole lot of influencers under them. And then these, these influencers realised, oh – I could be doing this on my own. All these creators realise I could be doing it on their own and then basically all left and went and did shit and had wonderful businesses on their own. And then BuzzFeed was sort of in the shitter because I don't think they'd put many protections in place. Anyway, that's like media side stuff. But the Try Guys, especially Ned, Ned made it his whole sort of shtick to be the wife guy. So constantly talking in videos about how, oh, like I couldn't possibly relate to you young people because I'm a wifed up and like, you know, like constantly bringing everything back to the fact that he had a wife. Her name's Ariel or Ariel and she seems gorgeous and lovely and she has kids with him and they've released cookbooks together, like date night cookbook. Yeah, date night cookbook. I saw that. I was like, Fucking yeah. hell, like, they'll look back I on know. that. Um, it kind of gets worse because they, Ned and Ariel, a guy on Twitter, and, like, I can't confirm this outside of this tweet, um, but I've seen some other mm-hmm. media reporting on it as well, were, like, giving, in the past, they'd been to, like, universities and gave some talks on healthy relationships, and they once hosted a Ethics of Healthy Relationships panel at this guy's university. Jesus Christ, it's it's quite the platform to put yourself on. And that's the thing. And as much as it's a platform to put yourself on, then you have this whole company that basically relies on a parasocial relationship. So you are wanting these people to be invested in you and your wife, and then this is why, Liv, I can't wait to get into the psychology of all of this with you because it's like, how are you that stupid that you made this your whole brand? I know, to cheat. But it's like that's what happens. I mean, we will go into the psychology, the proper psychology, but like the pressure yeah. of that is like for some reason people just like crack. Like they do it to themselves and then they and then they crack. Yeah, and then I was like there were a few good articles on kind of you know, BuzzFeed putting him in this really limited, narrow yeah. role. And it was the whole thing of like BuzzFeed has set the Try Guys up for failure yeah. because the way that they've done it is like they can't move and change. Like obviously you shouldn't cheat on your wife, yeah. but like it's such a strange scenario. It's so strange. And so I've been seeing a few articles like that as well. And I think just while this is so fresh, I'm not willing to let BuzzFeed be the scapegoat for Netflix. So true. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, they're a huge company. And yeah, they like thought that this model was working and then it didn't. And yeah, yeah. they have some shit to answer to. But I am just also just like, come on, man. You made so much money off of people that were obsessed with you and your wife. To go and Bully. How 
did he cheat on his wife? Like, how did this all come out? Yeah, so it all came out by people started to notice Ned's absence, like from not only recent videos and podcasts. So Try Guys used to upload, like, multiple videos a week. They had some podcasts. Um, And then people started to notice that he was gone. And then they also noticed that in some of the previous uploaded videos, he had been edited out of them. So he... Oh my gosh. See photoshopping where like panels of the walls didn't line up because he'd been edited out and like a shirt was there and then it wasn't like things like that. And so imagine as like a um, video editor, right? This is your job is to (laughs) edit Ned out of everything. I know. And so essentially what happened was there was, they have a big like subreddit about the Try Guys and um, someone on Reddit claimed that they saw Ned making out with a woman who wasn't his wife at a bar mm-hmm. in New York City. Another Redditor said they spotted the duo at a Harry Styles concert. And there was videos of him, like, making out with this woman as well. There have been allegations that one of the people that uploaded these videos to Reddit was Alex, the woman Ned cheated with, her fiancé. So he, I think, had been tipped off. And if it was him, I mean, it was under yeah. a fake name, um, he got in the midst and said he's being edited out of the videos because he's a cheater. And Holy shit. That bit, again, I can't confirm, but that, I mean, just another... The rumour mill has gone off. So, yeah, this woman, her name's Alex. She's an associate producer for the Try Guys. She was engaged. I don't want to focus that much on Alex because I see enough online of the woman in these scenarios... Um, yes, it takes two to tango, tango. Yes, there is a huge power dynamic at play here. He was, you know, her superior. He was the fucking owner of the company. She was an associate producer. There's just, I just think it's less about her and more about, um, him and the whole dynamic here. So yeah. then, um, this all really spilled onto Twitter, spilled onto the internet and it became, News And then the Try Guys put out a statement. First of all, their statement was um, like that they were going down to one video a week, obviously, because they just needed to put out less content because they had to hide the fact that Ned wasn't there somehow. And then they said, Ned Fulmer is no longer working with the Try Guys. As a result of thorough internal review, we do not see a path forward together. And then that same day, Ned said... Family should have always been my priority, but I lost focus and had a consensual workplace relationship. Sorry, just a statement. I lost focus and had a consensual workplace relationship. I lost focus. Like, that is such a strange way to... I forgot about my wife and kids. the way. Yeah. Like, it's always like, oh, it was a slip up. Like, I had a momentary lapse in judgment. Oh, I'm sorry for any pain my actions have caused to the guys and the fans, but most of all to Ariel. The only thing that matters right now is my marriage and my children, and that's where I'm going to focus my attention. And so I did see, I mean, the consensus has been pretty, like, there's not many people batting for Ned right now. There's not many people being like, I stand in support of Ned. It's more like good on the Try Guys for seeing this happening and, like, instead of trying to make it work with this person they've known for you know a long time Mm. um almost siding with the woman or siding with the hr like i don't know this could fuck their company up if they didn't sort of kick ned out because that is a workplace relationship with a younger person an older person and like yeah definitely like i mean i guess in a way yeah they're choosing to like cover their asses yeah over him but then yeah but then they're choosing to cut him out as well yeah so before we get into maybe some reasons why people like Ned feel the need to cheat um, when they seem to have it all. I thought I'd just go through just some other honourable mentions of these aren't all white. Dishonourable men. (laughs) Yeah, dishonourable men of um, celebrities who have cheated on, they weren't all married, but their partners. Okay, so we have Ben Affleck who cheated on Jennifer Garner. Famous nanny yeah. situation. And then we have another nanny situation with Jude Law and Sienna Miller. Yes. Gosh. Um, we have Jay-Z and Beyonce. Elevator gate. Now, if if you're going to cheat on Beyonce, like, 
I don't know. What do you? There must like be some what, psychology. Like what? Like what? Yeah, there absolutely must be. Like what are you doing? Um, we had Gerard Pick. Is that how you say? Hey, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but that's Shakira's ex-husband. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Sebastian Beer McLeod, Emily Ratajkowski's husband. Yes, and then yes, we had yes, yes. Tiger Woods cheating on his wife Elin, and I remember that being a huge scandal as well. Oh, that was a massive scandal because that was like, wasn't okay. This might be an exaggeration, but like hundreds of women. No, it felt like it was, and I remember yeah. being like, "Why do I know so much about Tiger Woods and his?" cheating behaviors literally and i think it was this whole like sex addiction conversation Mm. so i mean that's some of the most famous people in the entire world right that have cheated on their partners like in the public eye Mm -hmm. and it's not all men that do the cheating all the time i mean there's one no not at all like Kristen stewart cheating on robert peterson Uh but i mean the majority i'm not just looking at facts and figures here the majority have been and I think Liv maybe you should talk to us a little bit about why honestly this is so so interesting I mean I find cheating really interesting in everyday life not even just celebrities because as we always talk about on culture vulture celebrity life is often and like a hyperbolization of our everyday life and I think this is why we get so obsessed with cheating scandals is because There's cheating scandals that happen in our own lives, our own towns, our own friends. And I think we just get obsessive with like celebrities kind of showing the same things that happen to us, right? And then sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, this is just a magnifying glass on like Mm -hmm. normal people. But sometimes you're like oh my God, that would never happen if they were just living your life. Yes, yeah, exactly. And then that's the interesting thing with this cheating thing is like, is it because they're celebrities? Are they more likely to cheat or is it just because they're in the public eye and therefore we see it happening in front of us? Um, So I'll go into that. But basically with cheating, it's interesting because it's super, super common for people to have fantasies about being with someone other than their partner. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing is not everyone actually, you know, takes that, goes through with it, like jumps across that line. Like there was a study in 2001, so ages ago, but in it, 98% of men and 80% of women admitted to fantasizing about someone other than their partner, Mm. like at some point. Um, So, you know, it is human nature to kind of be curious about other people, but what is it that makes people actually follow through with it is really, really interesting. So, psychologists have sort of narrowed it down to some of the most common reasons of people cheating on their spouses or, you know, their long-term partners is one poor self-control, not feeling committed in the relationship is a huge one. Like people just not fully being in there in the first place, Mm -hmm. um, impulsive behaviors and not thinking about the consequences of your actions. Um, And then there's selfishness or anger. So putting your needs above your partner's needs, not caring about how your actions hurt those around you, or sometimes wanting a form of punishment for your partner, not feeling fulfilled in your current relationship. So you're seeking attention, um, whether that's emotionally or physically from other people. And then there's also boredom and insecurity, which is feeling insecure about yourself. So you need validation. You need more validation than your partner can or is giving you. Mm. Um, And then that can turn into cheating. So I think a lot of cheating is to do with your own relationship with yourself yeah but also your relationship with your partner because it's shown that like different personality traits interacting with each other can make it more or less likely for people to cheat so it isn't just about the one person necessarily it can be you know the interaction of people there's this big five personality trait theory in psychology which was created in the 70s and it's kind of 
the measurement of personality. And so there's like five factors of personality, which is openness to experience, conscientiousness, which is your awareness of your actions and consequences of behavior. Um, Then there's extroversion. So how extroverted or introverted you are, agreeableness, how much like you are cooperative or like you care about um, being friendly and likable and then neuroticism which is anxious overthinking worrying behaviors so there was a study done and it showed that wives who had high extroversion traits were more likely to be unfaithful but then wives who were partnered with a husband who had um, high neuroticism so like anxious and overthinking were more likely to be unfaithful there were like all of these things basically of like the interaction of these traits which was interesting but when it comes to celebrities the reason it seems that celebrities cheat more even though you know they have all of these kind of mundane things going on like their self-esteem whatever it's basically because they just have so many potential options for partners. And so if you are a celebrity, a lot of the time you're pretty good looking. A lot of the time you're pretty desirable. You're good at shit. You've got money, you've got fame, whatever. It means that like there are so many other people in your circles that would want to get with you Mm. that it undermines your commitment to the person you're with, um, basically increasing self-control as you talk about the number one reason, which is such a fucking like, which is such a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, which is one of the, the main reasons, I mean, that it's more likely for celebrities to cheat. Obviously all celebrities don't cheat no matter, like they could be the best looking celebrity in the world and have the most options, but they still choose not to cheat. And that comes down to their level of commitment, their self-esteem, how much, um, love they're getting in a relationship. Do you think that it also like, definitely has to do with the idea that we've always been told growing up that there's like the one but like if 80% Mm -hmm. of women and what over 90% of men have fantasized or thought of being with someone else then maybe we're not just meant to be with one person I know and I did kind of start to do some research on monogamy and how monogamy came about because it's only really been in the last a thousand years that monogamy has been how humans sexually interact with each other and I think scientists find it difficult to fully pinpoint why we shifted from so basically as primates which is you know like monkeys and where we originate from basically we naturally are in dominance driven hierarchies which means that like mating privileges so people that would have you know more sex potentially um was it used to be only like the highest ranking males in the group would kind of sleep with everyone um and then over time it started kind of being more beneficial for survival for women to get with the lower ranking males because they would be cared for better and and we're still talking monkeys so (laughs) So we're not talking monkeys, we're talking primates and we oh are, <laughs> we originate from primates. So like naturally humans, yeah. <laughs> naturally humans come from this like dominance driven hierarchy. So it's not <laughs> natural in our genetics, like kind of from thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago for us to be monogamous, but somewhere along the line, it became better in terms of survival for humans to become monogamous and it seems to be I mean like scientists aren't like totally sure on why this is but it seems to be that females started becoming more keen on like the lower the lower kind of males in the hierarchy because they were more caring and more protective and it meant that like stay with them they yeah 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 exactly and so they'd potentially have a higher chance of survival Mm. and then we just stuck 
stuck that way and society was like, okay, just just the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does it say here? So females started to develop preferences um, for who they were mating with and then they also had mating choices and the investment in low-ranked males paid off. Oh, it's so true. So, <laughs> so like, if you're with a celebrity, they're so going to cheat on you. If you go for just, like, your bog-standard... Literally, like, your bog-standard Joe Blow, then- like, you're probably going to have a happier life. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so random. But, I mean, that's a super, super brief crash course and probably I don't even know how factually <laughs> correct that is on monogamy, but it seems to be... The- I mean, it's one theory on yeah. why maybe we go for monogamy now, but I just thought it was interesting to bring up early in the piece mm-hmm. that, like, if we hadn't been conditioned this to think this way yeah, and you could just go after maybe your natural instincts with, obviously, consenting partners, yeah. perhaps we would see... Well, we would see less cheating because it's like not cheating. Oh, we would. I think like cheating is so interesting in 2022 because I think Luce, like when we were in high school or even like five years ago, like it was always like cheating is the worst thing you can do. And like that, that is very much reflected in society, right? There was actually a American study where they polled um, like 1,500 American adults of like the most morally um, unacceptable behaviors. So out of like 20 things, say divorce and unmarried woman having a baby, gambling, um, the death penalty even, people were putting cheating (laughs) as the most socially unacceptable. Sorry, like over allowing someone to be killed by the death penalty. Yeah. Damn, what like... Well, what do you think? Because I think when, as with everything we always talk about, when it comes to cheating, it's often not even like solely on the person that's done the cheating in real, in the real world, not in the celebrity world. It's like you need to look deeper. I I definitely agree. I think like a lot of cheating is circumstantial. Um, And I think that, people who have actually experienced being cheated on, I think they do tend to come out that it's not as black and white than maybe for those who have never been cheated on. I think it really is one of those circumstances where it's like it depends on every little nuance of the situation. Yeah. And I think if you asked me five years ago, I would have just been like, cheating's cowardly. You can always communicate and end a relationship before you do something like that. But I think in reality, it's just not always the case. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. Like there's just so many reasons and you know like sometimes people feel really trapped in potentially like abusive relationships um they're not getting their needs met but their partner won't communicate with them Mm. there are I don't know what do you think I, I agree with you I think there's always I mean and whether it explains it or not doesn't excuse it whether it explains it or not there's always like two sides mm-hmm. to the to the relationship mm-hmm. and so I'm like you have to hear the other person out you know in movies and it's always depicted as like they're just yelling and then they break up and the other person never like they never yeah. communicate properly about all the things that was that were going mm-hmm. on and then like maybe the wife had well I don't actually know but I just think there's like yeah there's a bit more to it there's a lot more communication and thing it's like a fucked up thing to do. It's a real fucked up thing to do. I think like I'm going to be so interested in the stats of cheating as, you know, the years go by because one, we're coming into a stage where polyamory is becoming a much more accepted way or like open relationships. Monogamy is sort of like, I don't may potentially decreasing in popularity for the first yeah. time in a really long time. And then I think also communication well maybe this is just at echo chamber but communication seems to be getting better and I do think communication is one of the root causes like poor communication um of cheating that there are actually like eight key motivations for infidelity um and 
they range from anger. Um, so an example of this is my my partner has been unfaithful to me in the past, like almost getting back at someone. Yeah, um, so like revenge. Yeah, there's esteem. I want to feel better about myself. I want to assert my independence and autonomy. So maybe that's for people that feel like they're being controlled and don't know how to get out of it. Um, lack of love is like, I'm not really sure I love my partner. Um, mm-hmm. Low commitment, as we've talked about before. And then need for variety. I want greater variety of sexual partners. Neglect, whether that be emotional or physical, an unmatch in sexual desire. And then situational, which is like I was drunk or intoxicated, not thinking clearly, which I mean is can be a debatable thing. Um, or like I feel external like, stresses. I feel like as you and I are talking about um cheating Mm. and how there's like two sides to the story it's almost like you have to talk to your partner about all of those all of those things find out yes the motivation yes and that's where like it's your own business that's where you get to decide what you where you go from there also okay what are your thoughts on emotional cheating versus physical cheating well it's really interesting because studies say i mean this isn't my opinion but i think it kind of reflects my opinion um studies say that a lot of people in long-term relationships will take people back much easier if it was physical cheating over mm-hmm. an emotional affair or whether there there was um maybe physicality involved as well but when the affair is emotional which i mean makes sense yeah i mean to me like emotional cheating is worse than say having a one night stand when they were drunk so and not yeah but just because like that's the important i think i mean that's based on what's most important to you mm-hmm. but communication and like being on a level with someone is the most important thing i think yeah to me and then if they were doing that with someone else like seemingly on the same level as they were doing it with me yeah be like i don't care if you've like touched it yeah i know it's like you were sending her memes like yeah yeah. or like you were having the this it's hard because it's like especially you and i lucy like we are people that have a lot of like good guy friends right so we know what it's like to have really strong platonic relationships um so it's interesting like the line of emotional cheating when that's true like how do you define platonic is that when you aren't having sex with someone but you are having an emotional connection with them because you're friends but I do think you know in your heart of hearts when something has crossed that line but that's a good point though like we have a lot of guy friends that we're very close to. Very close to partners. that don't, we would never, ever think about no. in that way at all. But then, like, what if someone read through your messages that from the outside looking in? Would they be like, this is fucking not it? But then they're actually just our friends? Yeah. That's interesting. I think oh my God. maybe that's personal lines. I don't know. Yeah. but And then when it comes to Ned, and this is kind of goes back, like, I'm eating my words a little bit about the BuzzFeed, it being semi, Mm. not BuzzFeed's fault, but BuzzFeed having a, like, stake in why why Ned cheated. Um, But, like, BuzzFeed pushed him to do this Mm -hmm. in terms of they pushed him to commodify everything in his life, sell everything in his life, right? They probably, like, sat there and had meetings and were like, you're going to be the wife guy. Yeah, and, look, I'm not even sure if – like he got married, you know, when they'd left BuzzFeed. I mean, the Try Guys have been a business themselves yes. for years. Yes. So this might not actually be. To, BuzzFeed instilled the idea that you can modify and you sell everything in your life. Mm-hmm. BuzzFeed actually didn't do that. Um, the world we live in where influencers sort of reign supreme and it's the dream job for so many people. But they were maybe creators. one of the first people to capitalise off of that idea, potentially. Yeah, like – I mean, I don't know if they were, but it was just society was moving in a way mm-hmm. that, like, everyone wanted to be an influencer. And to do that, you sell every single part of your life. And yeah. to the point, like, we're not influencers, but, like, we, like, have made a business off of, you know, sharing our life experiences on a podcast and, like, For sure. and things like that. And it's, but I think 
we don't actually sell the insides of our life. Well, that's we why we we've been so careful about it. There was a really good yeah. article. Uh, you you probably read it, loose about Ned and um, how they were relating it back to, like, blog posts of the early, yeah. like, 2000s and saying how, like, blog posts used to be the old newsletters, right? And now yeah. newsletters have taken over and it's kind of the same thing. But basically people used to, like, write about their lives um, – their personal lives often having pseudonym names for the people in their lives, whether that be their husband or their kids, whatever. And then people would demand insight. Like if they stopped talking about their husband because maybe they had a divorce that they didn't want to write about online, like people would start getting super, super invested. And obviously that's what influencers do and that's their currency. Um, but it shows that like you do have to be so fucking careful because it can come back to bite you in the ass. And that's what we foresaw. And that's why we don't cross certain lines with our content. You never want your personal life to be your currency. No. And you know, you want something else with meaning, like your life has meaning, but not to millions of other people. Yes. Like, and it doesn't need to. No. Um, like you want to share the bits that you want to share, but you don't want people to then question when you stop. Yeah. Or, you know. Or feel like they have a right to every piece of information. Yeah. So that's another that's another part of the need the Ned story that I think is like when you're being forced to commodify every single part of your life or you've chosen to, mm-hmm. um then I don't know. Maybe even a part of you starts resenting it and you self-sets what you self I honestly does. think, I mean, I didn't look up the research on that specific phenomenon, but I do think that subconsciously that is at play. Like yeah. people hate pressure. People hate being put into boxes. Yes. Like it's not, people like to be free to change. Because you don't really, you don't make a mistake like this for months and in public. And Like this is not in public. a mistake. No, and this is something else I came across actually in the research was like some people genuinely cheat because they want to get caught and that's the only way they see how they can get out of their relationship. That is cowardly. Which is super cowardly. Damn. But like, you know, but then how do you know that they haven't actually genuinely tried to end that relationship? Yeah. You know, 10 different times and they've been manipulated into getting back into it or like whatever it is, maybe for some strange reason that's like in their heads, the last resort. Yeah. Because that's so strange for him to go to like Harry Styles concerts, like out in public when you're a famous person. And do you get, do you think like when you're, um, quite a famous person like that and then when you also got heaps of money and you're starting to feel a bit untouchable do you get a bit like mm-hmm. delusional and you're just like i i i think that could definitely come into play like you're so used to like adam levine yes men his main account where people yeah. can easily screenshot screen record like whatever that is the thing like how stupid can you get or are you flirting with the thrill yes. of it you know like people love the thrill they love the chase a lot of people love like am I gonna get caught should I you know how far can I push the boat and then like that power trip when they don't get caught and it's been so blatantly obvious you know and they're like holy fuck then they're like fuck I am untouchable or honestly love wouldn't it be good if we had some sort of relationship podcast I know Honestly, wouldn't that it would be, be wouldn't, it, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be fantastic? We, we would just be teaching people all the ways, how to understand oh, everyone on such a deep level. It's absolutely. Even Honestly, it could be kind of helpful. It could be. <laughs> um, Liv, I feel like we should maybe wrap up this check so people have been I think so too. For a while. I'm just going to go ahead and say that on my radar is purely just Liv sent out a big list of recommendations Basically, everything we'd ever put on our radar or recommended um, to the Culture Vulture News that are subscribers. And you can still access that if you become a Cisco supporter. It lives on our website, our member website. Um, but I'm just on my radar is literally going through and seeing the things that I Yeah, just like done. going through and like going back on the things that we've put on our radar originally that we haven't got around to consuming. 
um, kind of on that vein, Lucy, on my radar is I just want to get back into reading. I haven't been reading for so long. I've got like this book um, that's a nonfiction book all about the, I think I've talked about it before. I've been honestly reading it for months, um, like all about New Zealand at nighttime and the native animals and the native like plants and stuff, which is really cool, but it's not one of those like gripping books that I'm like, I need to pick it back up. Love that. It's such a fucking random random. reading. Like I'm into, I'm not going to yuck your yum because it's really cute and wholesome, but that is so random. But you do need to buy, this is actually on my radar, I've just started reading Carrie Soto is back, Taylor Jenkins Mm -hmm. Breed's new book. Um, She wrote Malibu Rising, Seven Wives of, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, Daisy Jones and the Six, and this is her latest book, and you and your mum will love it. It's all about tennis. Oh. Well, in my head, um, it's giving, like, um, you know, the movie with Will Smith and the Williams sisters. Oh, King Richard. Yes. It, it, that's the picture it's painting me in my head because it's about a father who's the coach of his daughter and she's like the greatest tennis player of all time but then something happens and I'm not going to spoil any of it but you and your mum will love it. Oh my goodness, incredible. Yeah, can't wait. I loved Leanne Moriarty's Apples Never Full yes. which was also about tennis. Yes. <laughs> um, so anyway, great recommendation, Luz. Thank you. And um, you all should go and read it too although I haven't finished it so I hope it's actually good since I've just recommended it. Um, to finish off, First of all, go and buy some Hello Undies, Hello Cups, Hello Discs, Hello Everything. Amazing, amazing, amazing. We have a discount code. It's down below, and I've said it like a million times on this podcast. Also, come and see us on our road trip. You need to subscribe to the newsletter so you know where we are. Also on TikTok, we'll be literally um, at the end of each day, once we've moved on from that place for privacy reasons, we'll be <laughs> showing you what we've done every day. We'll be podcasting from the camper van. We'll be writing the newsletter from the camper van. There's going to be a shitload of content. It's going to be great. Yeah, but to know where we are and what we're doing, come to the newsletter. Um, subscribe to the Culture Vulture newsletter by becoming an annual or monthly Cisco supporter. And thank you, as always, to... Not just I here, not just T.I. here, but T.I. here, butler, bandmate, dungeon master, podcast producer, friend when I'm not giving him the finger, and just, yeah, Siska Bestie, and Liv, thank you, Dan. And thank you. Also, lovely to communicate over the screen with you this morning. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.